Um, and we are excited to be reading through the Torah. And if you want to read along weekly, we have reading plans in the back. Uh, in the next steps area, you could go along and read and uh, uh, continue to read along with us because uh, we do believe that the, the word of God getting into you uh, is of the most importance. Uh, a couple weeks back, I was uh, told uh, as uh, leaving us being like, hey, we read the New uh, Testament last year and as you were getting ready to go to the Old Testament, I was not thinking the Old Testament was uh, going to be that exciting. I was wrong. <laughs> the Old Testament is not boring, it is, uh, and it is not G-rated at all uh, as well. It is uh, quite interesting, and uh, we get to see a little bit more of God's character. And once again, we will see that God provides. In Exodus 24, it's the longest book of Genesis. And uh, it even, in this uh, uh, Genesis 24, it tells the same story twice of importance, of, of that of Abraham, Abraham sending his senior servant. And many times, outsiders of Scripture say that the Bible is uh, male-driven. Uh, of course, there are, men make up 50% of the human population. It can be a little bit off in choice, but women have a massive footprint in the Bible. We've already seen Eve, we've already seen Sarah, and now we will see Rebecca. The scripture is full of stories of loss and successes, ups and downs of men and women throughout scripture. You have seen Adam and Eve, you've seen the ups of Adam and Eve, you've seen them walking with God. You've seen them naming the animals, and then you've seen the downs of them taking of the apple. And then you see Abraham and Sarah, and you see Abraham and Sarah's trust, and then you also see them of lying and the downs of the Hagar situation. And now today, we will be talking about the ups of Rebecca before we will see some flaws later on. To think that God only uses men is grossly untrue. It's the beauty of Scripture and the importance of the context of Scripture as a whole. We are going to begin with point number one, Abraham's faith. Genesis 24 shows us two amazing things right from the beginning. One, Abraham has been blessed by God which you guys in Sunday school talked for about and dealt with that, and so I'm glad you guys have figured that all out. While Abraham, at the same time, is seeking God for an issue at hand, and that issue has to deal with the point number two here, is that this issue is that Isaac has no children. Isaac has no children. Remember, God had taken Abraham out, taken him out and shown him all the stars, all the descendants, and now he's got one, one star out there. And here's the issue, too. Sarah has passed. There is no more line. There is no more line because it was through Sarah and the importance of Sarah that this is the line that has been taken, and now we have one. We have one situation. Imagine people reading this as they're saying, well, how are they going to figure this out? What's going to happen? Like you're reading this. And so what does Abraham do? He brings his senior servant in 
and he makes an oath with them. He makes an oath. And he does this by grabbing the inner thigh. This is, this is uh, uh, something some people even believe that it was more intimate, that of, that of carrying the seed. This is an oath that this has to be done. The family line is on an issue. There, this is a problem that needs to be fixed. Now, Abraham wants a woman for Isaac that is of, not of Canaanite. Now, this goes into dealing with a little bit of the forward in the New Testament, that of unequally yoked. The Canaanites were not right with God. They were not walking as God would. They worshipped other gods. This was not to be mixed. I like how Wearsby says this. Separation is not always bad. I feel like in the world today, we have tried to combine everything, that everything is good together. I would disagree. I think a zebra put in a den of lions would disagree as well. Separation is not always bad. That is why today you are seeing abundance of more people going to private school than public, or they're going to homeschool, because there is this separation of ideas and this, this mindset that, that this one side here and one side here, and that's not always bad. And many in Western culture have tried to break that down. I today am not going to let my daughter watch scary movies, right? Secondly, I'm not going to watch scary movies because there's a separation and I don't want to cry at night. So, but we have to, we have to make decisions. And sometimes we feel like us as Christians being nice is easier than actually causing a divide of separation. And yes, we are supposed to be nice at times, but there also has to be a call for integrity and there has to be a call of obedience because I know it's difficult. I was a high schooler, and when some people wanted to go and pick out movies, and I knew. No. And that is not always easy. And this is what Abraham's doing. He's like, no, we have to make the right decision. And we all know, let's be honest, we know that there are women around Isaac right now. There's Canaanite women. They're, they're around there. Abraham could have said, yeah, go ahead. But Abraham is becoming mature in his faith. He is walking in his faith. Because what has happened in the past, this is so beautiful when you look at the story. What did Abraham and Sarah do in the past that was not wise? They decided to make their own way. Abraham got with Hagar. Saw all the fun that that caused. And now all of a sudden, Abraham is now being obedient to God. He's trusting God. He's taking the steps of God. And like so, many, uh, so much in this world today, sometimes it takes a little bit more time for quality. I know I got some woodworking men in here that like to work with wood. If they needed a project done, I'm sure they could get it done pretty quickly. But I'm sure that is different than the quality that would take more time. I'm sure there's some good guitar players here and say, hey, come on up on stage. But if you want to work at it, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes work. 
And sometimes quality really, really matters. And that's what you're seeing here today. Abraham knew that this would be a massive journey, but it was the right thing to do. It was what God wanted him to do. Sometimes in our life, can you think of times in your life where you've taken shortcuts? <laughs> Ever? No? Okay, good. I got Joe and no one else. <laughs> Thanks, Joe, for your honesty. Got you and Brad today just killing it. <laughs> Man, the altar's going to be open today. No, just joking. Uh, but what we're talking about is we've taken shortcuts. And the problem is that sometimes we're like, I don't know, I don't know. That's been a big question. Like, sometimes you just know, and you're like, no, nah, I want to go this way. Man, Abraham did not take the shortcut here. What a mature. Have you guys ever been around mature believers? Aren't they awesome to be around? Aren't there, isn't there a peace around them when they're going through rough stuff, and you're like, how are they doing that? It's because they're walking with God instead of walking on their own. And one time we can really start thinking, when we look at Scripture and a lot of stuff, is this from God or is this from me? Sometimes you've got to be like, am I walking with God's path or am I walking my own way? Because I think a lot of times we know the answer, we just want to play naive. We know the answer, but we just want to be like, well, Billy across the street's doing it, so I'll walk that way as well. It has nothing to do with Billy across the street. It has everything to do with Jesus. It has everything to do with God. It has everything to do with Scripture and what God is directing you. And the problem is, is too many times we are Abraham like with Hagar. Are we are not being like, no, this is going to maybe hurt. This is going to maybe be trust. we got to trust it's going to be a journey. And this is a big journey. That's why this is a... Intimate, this is around a 450 to 600 mile trip one way. Right now, would you be excited if I said, hey, we got a 450 mile drive to 600 mile drive? You're like, ah, that's going to waste a lot of my day. I <laughs> ah, don't know if I have enough time. What restaurants are on the way? They aren't taking car. They aren't taking plane. They're taking camels. They're taking camels. And they're going to have to stop. And they're, here's another shocker. They are highways. They are highways. They're going around mountains. They got to protect themselves. This is, a, this is a Lord of the Rings kind of epic trilogy. Like we, we sometimes dismiss this in the Bible because it will go from one part of the story to the next part of the story. I wonder what that trip was like. What was it like? To be able to, to go and, and to travel that way. This is, this is a big calling. And this is an important journey. Like I said, Sarah had just died. There is no more seed except for Isaac. This is important. And the servant accepts the call. And as you can tell throughout Genesis 24, he is obedient throughout. We talk a little bit about what some of the blessings are. What a blessing it is to have someone on the path with you that you trust. Do you have someone in your life right now that you trust without a shadow of a doubt? That is a blessing from God. You know how many people out there don't trust people? Have you seen the world today? Like what a gift it is to have someone in your corner that you know have your back. And this servant has his back. And Abraham's servant travels, 
and he does this 600-ish miles, and he gets to the location that he's told. And then the servant prays that God would show him the woman that he was to pursue. And we're going to jump in at Genesis 24, verses 12. He says, Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar, that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that they, you have shown kindness to my master. Oh, I love this next line. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. Before he had finished praying, God was there and God knew. This is a great, great reminder that we need to be seeking God no matter when he answers. God will answer. It might be with a yes and it might be with a no. And God does not work like a genie. You don't get three wishes or you don't get times and you get the answer right away or how you want it or what it is. It's on God's timing. But I find it interesting that because Abraham was faithful and the servant was faithful, we always know that God will be faithful. God will be faithful. You don't always know when, but he is always faithful. And I don't want to go too down into this, but I do think a lot of times when people say, hey, so how are we supposed to pray? I, I would not always recommend praying like this because I think sometimes you can become manipulative. Hey, if a train passes here in the next 30 minutes, I'm buying a new car. The odds are there's a train going to pass in the next 30 minutes because I know this place. And a lot of times we can manipulate prayers and not seek God, not to go after God. What we've talked about for, before is lining up with God's plans instead of our own plans. That is the biggest issue with our prayer life. A lot of times is we want to try to pull God into our world. We need to enter God's world. That is not to say that we cannot go to God with our concerns, not to go with small prayers, big prayers. I am saying go to God in prayer. Seek God in prayer. But I also, like I told the story of the one pastime where we also could say, hey, I knew I needed to stop going to my study session because I saw a stop sign. Like, you can read into things. We really need to pursue and seek God directly. Point number two is attributes of Rebecca. Because... Before he had finished praying, let's continue in verse 15. Before he had finished praying, Rebekah came out with her jar on her shoulders. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahorah. The woman was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough. 
ran back to the well to draw more water and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. What a beautiful example of starting well. I'm going to talk about five attributes with Rebecca and a godly woman. The first attribute, she worked. She worked. Once again, since Adam and Eve, work is good. Did you know that if Rebecca did not show up to work today, she would have never met the servant? She would have never met Isaac, and so on. Laziness is not good for man or woman. Now, rest is good, but laziness is not. She worked. She was faithful to what had been given to her at the time. She was trustworthy in her work. We, as a society, have become very comfortable with doing as little as we can to accomplish the job. A reminder of our work habits in our lives. My dad used to always tell me, character is who you truly are when no one is watching. Second attribute, she was pure. The, the Bible talks about her beauty, and this would have shown that there were many suitors for Rebecca. I don't know if you know this, guys like beauty in society. But no man had been with her. Rebecca had stayed pure. This is about beauty on the outside and inside. And I think this is a great reminder for men and women today, especially women, that you have value. You have more value than you could even imagine. That God's value is for much more outside of sex or outer beauty. But outer beauty is not a bad thing. It is literally used to describe Rebecca. And just so you know, when you hear the word pure, some of you automatically think about your past failings of where you are not pure. And I'm not going to lie, there's usually consequences to that. But you do know that we serve a God that can forgive, a God that can make you whole. There is a repentance and there is a repentant heart. This is why I love, why do you think the prostitutes, the drunkards, and the tax collectors love Jesus so much? Because they were forgiven much. They, they were forgiven much. The problem with a lot of our culture today and some church people today is we always put ourselves in the area where we don't think that we are as bad as the prostitutes or we're there. So we make up this like make-believe spot that is in the middle that we're like, we're not really bad, we're not pure, but we're like, well, we're in the middle. And the problem is, is we, we don't really repent or we don't really put ourselves where, where we truly are. We are not holy. We are separated from God. And the problem is, is that we need to repent and we need to turn. Pureness is a value. And we have to be honest that we have all missed the mark. And I, I don't care what the 21st century is telling kids today. You know, the world is telling kids, make sure you try it before you buy it. They're also saying OnlyFans is a great way to make a living. And if you don't know what OnlyFans is, 
Good for you. You have a pure heart. But the world is going after our kids. And it's making, saying you can make a living off of your body. It's your body. That's what has the value. That's what it is. And they're giving it away. They're giving away pureness. They're giving it away to others. These are lies straight from hell itself. Purity is a virtue. And if you have failed in the past, you can repent and seek God directly. And you don't have to repent daily because the God that we serve can forgive once and for all. That is the powerful God we serve. And some of you, and I know I've mentioned this, some of you hold on to sins that you've repented for, but keeps bringing back brought up. Yeah, it's because Satan is saying, yeah, the God you serve isn't that big. That's a lie. That is a lie itself. Jesus isn't going up on the cross today or tomorrow. He already did it to cover your sins. Purity is beautiful. Third attribute, she showed hospitality. This is what the Bible says. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water and drew enough for all his camels. We can see what Rebecca does here. She gives enough water to the camels. This would not be an easy job. She would have had to get into the well and pull out the water from the well. And a camel can usually drink around 20 to 30 gallons. Okay? Now, you have to imagine a lot of people are saying there's usually a bare minimum five, but probably around 10 camels. Do you realize that is three, up to 300 gallons of water? with a five-gallon bucket going down there back and forth. I did the math. She's going up and down 60 times. Fine, if you did half 30 to 60. There's this hospitality, and this goes back to point number one. She's working, but she's doing it to serve, and she's going down there and getting the buckets until all the camels were taken care of. Do any of you know someone that just oozes hospitality? Yeah, well, if you don't, maybe you're that person. And if you have never met that kind of person, then I feel very bad for you. If there was a dictionary that had pictures next to it, my grandma oozed hospitality. That's why I'm so spoiled. She just oozed it. Like there was no stranger that came over. There was always a sandwich to be made. There was always cookies. There was always a hug to be given. There's just something about it. I'm just like, how do you do this? But I want to be around it all the time. And I want to bring other people around it. After basketball games, when people were going out and hanging out at different parties when I was in high school, I went over to my grandma's because I just loved being around her. There's something about it that's just beautiful and you can't fake it and some of you have that gift what a blessing it is this is hard work at times it is not easy to always make sandwiches it's not always easy to accompany people but her heart is and we can see that in the church today as well there's something special about family and hospitality that is given to and of yourself to others. 
Fourth attribute, she honored her parents. Now, Rebecca was given this jewelry, a great sign of wealth, and this was a connection to be married, and she followed the proper protocol of bringing it up to her family. Now, this is always an interesting situation because not every family bows their knee to God. And so you're supposed to honor your mother and father, but you're supposed to honor God first, and this is how it all happens. But when your father or when your family honors that of God, you're supposed to follow the proper protocol, and that's what Rebecca does here. She goes to the family and says, this is the proposition. This is what has been done, and this is what has been told. And where do we go from here? But she handles it properly. She bows her knee to God, and then she bows it to the family of how we handle the situation. And just like in the church today and as a family today, things are done in order. I know some of you have unique family situations. And I ask that you continue to be obedient to God in those. I ask that you honor God where you can and honor God with your family where you can. And I pray that those of you that are having issues with your family and there's not full trust there, or there's not full honesty, I pray for those situations. Rebecca is able to honor that in her life. If you feel like you haven't, or God is putting on your heart that you need to make something right with your family, I ask that you be obedient to that call. I ask that you be obedient to that conversation. The fifth and final attribute is she shows faith. That of being obedient. Because there's this time where Lamb and uh, the mother, and we'll talk more about Lamb coming up and his dealings with Jacob in the upcoming chapters. They asked for 10 more days. Now, some of those even say that that could lead up to 10 months. That was the kind of conversation. So this was a delay in action no matter what. But the senior servant says, no, I need to be obedient to my master, and I, we need to go. And so this is what they do. They bring in Rebecca, and they ask her in verse 57 of Genesis 24. Then they said, let's call the young woman and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and asked her, will you go with this man? I will go, she said. So they sent their sister Rebecca on her way, along with her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, Our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offspring possess the cities of their enemies. Then Rebekah and her attendants got ready and mounted the camels and went back with the men on the 600-mile trip. So the servants took Rebekah and left. Now Isaac had come from Berah-la-Hiroi, for he was living in the Najgiva. He went out to the field one evening to meditate or to pray. And as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. Rebekah also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is that man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother, Sarah, and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife, and he loved her, and Isaac was comforted 
after his mother's death. And as you can see, we all see that she is faithful to the call. In our Western culture, we are not used to arranged marriages as much, but that was very common in the day. And a lot of arranged marriages worked, you know, a lot better on the same statistical and sometimes better than our individual ideas of today as well. The reason why is many more people believe that it is the life of the family and not just that of the individual self. And you see this in the story. As she comes to meet Isaac, Isaac loves her. And this is real and genuine. And he takes her into Sarah's home. Now, this is a huge reference that we cannot miss. This is, this is going back to the first issue that we had, that who will carry on the line? Who will help produce the stars and go along? And Rebecca is going into Sarah's house, and she is now carrying on the lineage that will then produce the offspring that will lead to Jesus. These are just some of the attributes that Rebecca lays in front of us today. That of a worker, that of being pure, that of hospitality, that of respecting her family, and that, that she was faithful now, as we look at those five, a lot of times we always ask, well, which ones can we be better at? Which ones can we get better at? My, my goal and question to you is, which one has God blessed you with? Which one has God put on your, are, are you faithful? Are you obedient when God calls? Now, some of you have the gift of hospitality. What a blessing that is. You might have more than one. You might work really hard. For you, I'm just going to tell you, make sure you rest. Make sure you rest. Be obedient to God, but don't stop working hard. Be obedient to what God has called you to do. Some of you are pure. Some of you are innocent. Some of you are still trying to figure out, what did he mean by OnlyFans? Good. Stay pure. There's enough evil in the world. Be pure. Be that light. Show that light. So many of us are at different points, and God has put in our hearts. And I'm going to challenge you men, if you are still single and you are still seeking, to seek after godly women that present some of these qualities. The problem is that so many times we fill in the holes, and we're like, ah, we'll get by it, or we'll do this, and we'll compromise. Once again, it goes back to, are we being obedient to God, or are we trying to fill in our own determining factor. And so many times we love to decide which way to go. And I pray that no matter where you're at, that if you have one, two, or five, it doesn't matter. It is great to continue to be pushed and to glorify God's name and to use the gifts God has given you. Because you know what's interesting is I know some of you have gifts that we're not even mentioned today. And so many times is we need to, how great is thou art, how great is God that God has had this relationship with me, that God has given me this, and I want to use it, and I want to spread it across the world. You are not supposed to just hide it. God has blessed you, men and women, men and women today. Because you know what? We carry on the tradition as well. We carry on Jesus Christ. 
We carry on this whole prospect of what we are going into the future as we could carry on the name. So we are part of this lineage. This is what is so awesome about the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and where we are today. We are part of the story. So many times we think like, oh, it's separate. The Bible's here, I'm here. No, you're not. This is part of your story. This is part of your story. Jesus, when he came and he came on earth, he didn't go, well, the Old Testament, it made mistakes here or there. No, it was part of Jesus' story and it continued on. And then he sent the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's with you today. And so you get to carry that on in your walk. And so all I ask is whatever gifts that God has given you, no matter where you're at in the journey, use it as a blessing. Use it as a gift. What a beautiful thing it is. The joy that I get, and I, the, when it said a blessing from Abraham, and as you read the scripture, as I do get to sit up front, I get to hear some of your beautiful voices. I absolutely love it. I love sitting up here because I think it's one of those moments, good voice, bad voice, it doesn't matter, it's glorifying God. And I will tell you that's what it's about. I can tell you I am very thankful because I do not have a singing voice. And I like saving my voice for when I'm up here anyway, but I, there's sometimes where I just got to sing it and I don't, I love it because it's about glorifying God and your gifts are about glorifying God. Rebecca's gifts were about glorifying God. Rebecca's gifts were about glorifying God. Rebecca was able to be in a relationship with Isaac and we'll see that there's falls and mistakes, but shocking, we all have falls and mistakes. Get back up, you repent, and you glorify God. What a gift it is today. So no matter which one you are, or where you're at, or even if you're not on the list, God has a special path for you today. And we carry Jesus' name into the world wherever we're at. No matter what, what is very interesting is I, even from up here, can never enter the world where you're at. When you go into work, you are representing Christ in a way that I can never do. If you're entering your home and dealing with your kids, you're representing Christ in a way that I can never do. With your children or with your loved ones. What a beautiful thing it is that God works with you. Let us pray. There any Father, I just pray that whatever we do, we glorify your name. Thank you for Rebecca today as we get to see her life, as she carries on this beautiful story from Abraham and Sarah. And God goes out and gets her and Isaac and Rebecca carry on the name which that will lead to Jesus, that will lead to the Holy Spirit, that will lead to the changing of the world. I thank you so much for us being part of the story. I thank you so much for you being here today. And I pray for us, everyone that is in this room that 
is maybe has to have a conversation or walls broken down with family members or, or walls that need to be like, I need to repent of this in turn, that they'll be obedient to your calling, not to miss the moments. We thank you so much for all you've given us. We thank you so much for the grace you've given us. And I thank you for the hospitality in this room and the friendships in this room and the love in this room. And that comes from you alone. We love and praise you and worship you. And may we worship you every day and every second. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be blessed and have a great rest of the week. Come.